Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 40. Today, I am so honored to be interviewing one of my sweet friends, Katie O'Salvage, who is the founder of Cottage Hill Magazine. Katie is going to lead us through some of my all-time favorite life-changing exercises that really get us back to the heart of our why and ask those tough questions that we so often yearn to avoid. I truly hope that you take the time to go through this exercise as we do today on the podcast and to really get to the heart of what it is you're working towards and where you're headed with your dreams. I am so excited for you to listen in on our conversation and to hear the way that Katie can challenge entrepreneurs so that they will leave every experience feeling assured and well. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers, it's Jenna Kutcher, and I am so happy to be on the phone with my sweet friend, Katie Selvage. Katie and I met a few years back when she actually hired me for a painting, and the painting said, live like the rain is coming today, and it's a quote that has stayed with me ever since she introduced it to my life, and Katie is one incredible woman. She's an editor, a publisher, a consultant, and a speaker. She's based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you might have heard of Cottage Hill. It is one of my favorite publications. Katie published my grandparents' story in it. And so everyone in my family has it on their bookshelves. But Katie is just a really exceptional leader and helps people get back to the heart of why they are doing what they're doing and what true success and legacy looks like. And so I'm so excited to talk about all of these things and to see where our conversation leads us. But welcome, sweet Katie. Hi, 
How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So let's kick it off. And I am just so enamored by your story, no matter how many times I hear it. And so I would love for you to just share a little bit about who you are and where you find yourself today and how you got there. Yeah. So like you said, I am the founding editor and publisher of Cottage Hill. And I think like many of those listening, many of us creative entrepreneurs, the path to this point in my life was not a straight line by any means. I, you know, my first dream was to be a ballerina and I studied ballet at Houston Ballet. And there comes a point in a dancer's life where you audition for your next job. And when auditions came up, I pretty much destroyed everything in my body. (laughs) And this first, you know, what I thought was going to be my path started to take a turn. And when I was recuperating from my injuries, I discovered choreography. And this was the very first, the first time in my adult life where I understood how much I loved storytelling. And if you kind of fast forward to me being a publisher now, that's how I define who I am as I'm a storyteller. And I do it in many different ways throughout my life path. I started to dabble in choreography and did some stuff in New York and California. And I just really loved the intentionality behind everything. And Jenna, you've alluded to this. And if you know me, I'm all about intention and all about purpose and all about creating something that is of value. And in choreography, it, it could even be like how your hands are. If your palms are up, it tells a completely different story than if your palms are down doing a certain movement. And so that intricacies with my overanalytic brain went crazy. So I did choreography for a long time and that's where my path first zigged. And then it zagged when I I wasn't recovering from my injuries and I had to go to college. And that's like what no dancer wants to be told you have to go to college. And I went to college at the University of Oklahoma. I They have a really great dance program, surprisingly, and a good journalism school. And I graduated with journalism. And it's so funny because I told my parents, (laughs) as soon as the day I graduate, I'm getting out of Oklahoma and I'm going back to New York where I had been (laughs) before. And I'm going to Condé Nast and forget all of this, like all these cows and whatever out of here. And three weeks after I graduated, I married my husband and we moved to Tulsa. He's in Oklahoma. That is amazing. Yeah. So it zagged once again. And it's so funny. And I think maybe a lot of people can understand this when your career takes a quick or, you know, very sharp turn or your plans take a sharp turn. It's easy to not take care of yourself or recognize or mourn the loss or mourn the end of a chapter in your life. And I ignored it and it created this void in my heart and in my life and in our marriage where I always had in the back of my mind, I could be in New York with my friends right now. I could be, I'd be doing all these things and I'm not, I mean, you know, our target is next to a cattle ranch, like what on earth, where am I? And so I had this void of not mourning the loss of my first stream and I filled it with working crazy hard. And I think a lot of us can associate that when we feel empty or we feel a void or we feel something missing, we fill it up with work. We get addicted to work. And I certainly did. I was doing a lot of nonprofit work, gala planning, working with multi-million dollar budgets. And I was just so special. Lots of fancy titles next to my name. Miss it. And it just really caught up with me. I was doing the late hours, the weekends, whatnot, everything. And I had like three jobs at once. I was just not smart. And I'll never forget, there was a evening where I was in the office alone and I collapsed out of my chair and my my heart 
just wasn't beating like it was supposed to. And I couldn't breathe and later found out I had a heart condition and that was put in a dangerous place because of overwork and abusive caffeine (laughs) and all of these, all of these things I had been doing, running away from facing the fact that I was sad and facing the fact that I was having a hard time changing in my life and in my season and in life. And I think that was a huge turning point for me to recognize, okay, what is it that I miss? (sighs) Okay. What is it that's not making me fulfilled? Okay. What is it that I'm running away from that, you know, is not going to fill up this hole. And that's when I started to remember how much I loved choreography, how much I love storytelling. I'd gotten a journalism degree and went into event planning and that just wasn't doing it for me. It kind of one thing led to another with that. I went to visit my grandmother in Alabama. She is so sweet. Granny. I love her. I went to go visit her in Alabama and I was going through these old Polaroids. And this is when like Instagram was like, really starting to be special. (laughs) This is when like, if you had a K next to your name, you were pretty special, which I mean, you are, but (laughs) I'm saying back then it was like, not very many people had a 10,000 or whatever. And I was looking at these Polaroids of my great grandparents and they weren't perfect people, but they, I was able to know them as a kid. And it was really special to have a relationship with them. So there's this Polaroid of them in Hawaii with these really crazy hats jumping off of a golf cart. They were like in their mid twenties. And I just laughed to myself looking at these funny photos of them, like making faces at the camera. And I'm like, no one would put this on Instagram. Like you can't get likes from this, but gosh, they're having fun. Like, gosh, I wish I could hang out with them again. And it just got my mind to thinking, you know, combining my love for storytelling, my love for beautiful aesthetic, you know, movement and shapes and texture and everything's just sort of came together. And I was like, I want to tell stories like this. I don't know how, but I want to tell stories and remind people that it's not about what you're putting up online. It's about real life. It's about this legacy. Like they left this legacy for me. What am I leaving for my daughter? You know, I wasn't, didn't have kids at the time, but what am I leaving for those around me? Is it a perfect, beautiful cup of coffee or is it who I really am? And so that started to spark questions in my heart of legacy and okay, this is a great idea, but what am I doing with my life? And my great-grandparents lived off of a road, Cottage Hill Road. And as a child, I'd always been enamored with Martha Stewart and magazines. I even like wrote letters to Martha Stewart and her people would write me back. (laughs) I had like a pen pal in her company when I was eight years old, which was really kind of them. And I just was always enamored with magazines, wanted to go to Condé Nast, all that stuff. And my husband was the one who was like, well, why don't... (laughs) husband. He was like, why don't you just make your own magazine and write about what you want? And I was like, that's an idea. (laughs) I have no idea how to do that, but that sounds like something I would want to do. And it was like back in 2013 that we sat down and we Googled a lot of dumb questions and we're like, okay, if we did this, what would it look like? How could we do it? And sort of that was really where Cottage Hill came, came to be and came to happen was this long series of me zigging and zagging down a career path and choosing instead of to just keep filling up voids with hustle and keep filling up voids with things that don't matter, asking the, asking the hard questions of myself and what was around me. That's kind of the origin story of Cottage Hill. (laughs) It's incredible. I 
love that story so much. And anyone that knows me knows how dear my grandparents are to us. And we actually just lost my grandma last week. And so the whole legacy thing couldn't be more true as we're looking through photos and telling stories. And it's just such a reminder that every day we're given this choice to write our own story and be present in our own story and tell our own story how we see fit. And even though we don't have as many things like journals. I know a lot of us don't keep journals. I feel like, you know, our social media and our blogs and the way that we're sharing ourselves online are kind of turning into our legacy. And I think too, I would love to hear about the transition of Cottage Hill because you've gone through quite a bit in the last eight months. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so inspiring about it is hearing your heart and how you listened to it. Because I think a lot of times we are very good at silencing our intuition. So tell us a little bit about where you're at now. Yeah, I think that's so key. We're really good at ignoring what we really want. And it's really interesting to me to understand why. And everyone's mm-hmm. reason is totally different. And so With where Cottage Hill is from where it began, you know, we were the first wedding and lifestyle publication. I Googled it (laughs) and it slowly became more lifestyle, more lifestyle. I had friends in the wedding industry, so it was easy to say, hey, if you do a wedding shoot, will you also do a little lifestyle shoot? But the more credibility and the more, you know, we grew, the more I was able to really stake a claim into lifestyle aspect of asking hard questions. I mean, it's so easy, like you said, in social media it is our legacy. When I look at my work, it is my legacy. Like I've got copies all around my office and getting ready to do a mailing. And I just think if when my daughter finds these issues one day, I want to be not just proud of them, but I want them to serve her even 20 years from now. And so listening to my intuition, a lot of what has changed in Cottage Hill is not, (laughs) not being afraid to tell the truth. And it's kind of funny because especially with last year and conversations of media and truth, it's kind of funny that that's where I've been led to with my intuition and with where Cottage Hill has gone is not be afraid to share truth and not be afraid to share the hard stuff. I think there's a way to tell hard things in a beautiful manner. I think there's a way to be honest Mm -hmm. that is also artful. And I've been really proud to work alongside and lead some artists and and showing them how to tell a true story. I think we've become so overwhelmed with telling a styled story and styled is good. There's a place for it that we've become so overwhelmed with putting our best foot forward that I often wonder, are we putting our real foot forward? Are we putting something truthful forward? And so there's been a huge shift in the last few months in Cottage Hill where I've been really challenging artists to do this. And it's, it's, you know, inadvertently made me dive even deeper in telling the truth of my story and of Cottage Hill and of who we really are. And I announced earlier this year that we're not printing a magazine this year. And which, you know, as a business owner, fellow business owners are like, what, what are you, you're a magazine and you're not printing a magazine. But we recently just moved out to the middle of nowhere (laughs) to the country. Mm -hmm. And we're pursuing a different kind of lifestyle for us and learning how to, again, adjust my sales zig and zag in my career path and learning, you know, what's honest for our life now, what's honest for my business now, how can I serve my readers now? And it's definitely a time of transition for me. 
it's kind of edgy and kind of raw when you're in a season of transition because it, it goes back to your intuition. You have to trust your gut and you also have to trust when friends ask what you're doing that it's okay to say, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're so afraid of the unknown. Like we have our funnels and we have our marketing plans and we have it all planned out. You know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and that's going to happen. And it's kind of it's kind of chaotic, but it's also freeing and eye-opening when you kind of stop that every once in a while and just let things breathe. You know, you let a, a good, you know, a good, they say to let a wine breathe. How have you let your business breathe? And that's what I'm taking this year as, is letting my business breathe. I want to take this crazy direction. And, you know, our readers have been so supportive and on board and almost like more engaged and excited since we've taken this turn and shared more authentic stories. I don't know. I'm really excited, but I'm also in that place that I preach about that I'm now being able to practice of saying, I don't know, (laughs) you know, I think that's a beautiful place to be. And I think why people are resonating with that is because your goal is to tell real stories and real stories include total seasons of, I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's beautiful too. And I think that so many times and why I just love talking to you is it's always such a challenge in that, you know, are you listening to your heart? Like, are you silencing it with the monotony of day to day? Are you spinning on that hamster wheel, making yourself feel valued? Or are you actually valuing yourself? You know, and it's such a juxtaposition of what we are taught to do what we learn to do. And so what kind of things do you challenge other people with in terms of like getting back to the heart of it? Because when you talk about your why, you are so certain in that. And I'll never forget the first time when you said, I'm not a publisher, I'm a storyteller. And right now, Cottage Hill is the means of how I'm telling my story. So kind of elaborate on that, because I think people need to hear that and they need to apply that to where they're at with their business or just their goals. Yeah. So gosh, you said a lot of things. <laughs> You're right. Okay. So first of all, the juxtaposition. Yes. So I'm a walking contradiction in that I believe in hustle. I believe in late nights. I believe in hard work. I believe in all that stuff that I did to fill the void, but I was doing it for the wrong reason. So it didn't work. I also believe in rest. I also believe in solid, hard boundaries. I believe in a quit in time. I believe in both of these worlds and I believe they have to work together. So oftentimes I'll explain to someone, there are actually two people who navigate a ship. The one that everybody knows about is the captain. And I always think of like Pirates of the Caribbean because I'm a nerd like that. But I always think of the captain. He is in the middle of the storm, manning the ship, saying where it needs to go. He's the tactical guide. He is your marketing. He is your day-to-day deciding like, in the storm, what am I going to do? Then there's this guy that nobody talks about, the weirdo at the very top of the boat, sitting on the sails with the telescope, looking miles and miles beyond, who can see that there's upcoming a break in the storm, or there's an island coming, or there's another ship coming. And these two guys yell at each other all day, working together to navigate this ship. And I think that's exactly the difference between goal setting, tactical, you know, marketing, like good education stuff. And then the guy upstairs 
you know, up on the sales is like your vision setting, your heart, your why, and they have to work together. One can't be without the other. And I get very fired up when I see people paying too much attention to one over the other. And we all have a natural inclination to like one thing over the other. I like to be more vision than goal setting. That's just who I am. So I have to work harder at paying attention to the tactical stuff. Whereas most people I feel are more inclined to the tactical goal setting stuff and I have to kind of remind them, well, what are you doing? And that question right there is what I ask a lot of artists. You know, I was talking to a photographer earlier today in a session and, you know, she's a photographer. She's amazing. She's got a gazillion followers and she's super talented and she's not feeling super fulfilled. I'm like, well, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm taking photos of beautiful weddings. I'm like, yeah, but what are you really doing here? And like you said, Mm -hmm. I always explain to people, yeah, I'm a publisher. I print magazines. I do a blog. I do all this stuff. But what I really am is a storyteller. I recognize that for myself. And the vehicle I use to tell stories happens to be a magazine or it happens to be a blog. And 10 years from now, I hope it's the same, but if it's just me reading a bedtime story to my kids, well, guess what? My calling hasn't changed. My purpose hasn't changed. My identity hasn't changed. Just how it is done has changed. And I think if anyone is in a place like me where your business is transitioning or you're like wanting to quit a job or you're wanting to start something new and you're in that sort of rocky place, I think it's really important to identify, okay, well, what are you really doing? And then how you do it may change, but you don't have this kind of identity crisis about it. You can continue on the transition in a more graceful way during the season of, I don't know, but you have to, you have to have these two guys, you have to have these two ideas and worlds work together to find that for yourself. And I think it's really important to not neglect one over the other. I love all of that. What I think is so incredible and what truly inspires me about you is that I think a lot of times a lot of us cling to titles <laughs> and we find our identity in them. And I know you've struggled with that over the past. When you were a dancer, when I was a gymnast, uh-huh. a lot of times that is our identity. And we do have that identity crisis when we're getting out of that. But I also think it happens later on in life when you start a business and you're quote, a photographer or a publisher, and you're trying to transition. And I think part of that is the, our culture's fault of saying like, well, what do you do? And wanting a very brief answer, because a lot of times mm-hmm. we feel like it might take 20 minutes to describe it. But how would you say this transition has been for you as you're in this season of, I don't know, as you're navigating life as a new mom, like what does that look like in your life? Hmm. I think you could say... You mean like in everyday life? Yeah. I mean, just how are you feeling about everything? How are you navigating this season? You know, it's funny. I have a lot of friends ask me who are becoming moms or new moms, you know, how do you balance work and being a mom or how do you, how do you make this season work? And it's like with anything and anyone, there's no such thing as balance. It really is a unicorn. I don't believe in balance in any way. And if you, and you know, kind of going back to my ballet roots, when you look at a ballerina balancing on her point shoe, I was actually really good at balancing. But what I was doing when I was balancing was I wasn't calm. <laughs> I wasn't just hanging out and finding this peace. If you like zoomed in on my foot, like the nerves and the veins of my foot all the way up my calf to my leg to my core 
was shaking and vibrating and one side was pushing away from another. And there was incredible chaos going on when I was balancing within my body. Whereas when you walk and step back, it looks like I was completely still, but that's not the case. And I think if you look from the outside looking in, my life looks really peaceful. I mean, I'm looking out at our field and the trees and it looks very peaceful, but it's because there's a light of there's a lot of opposition going on. There's a lot of friction. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, happy chaos going on inside of that to find that balance. And, you know, as far as everyday life, no day looks the same for me. And I choose that. Someone told me when I first became a mom, and I think this applies to everybody, is to have a routine, but not a schedule. So you have the things that you need to do and you have your, you know, things that you have to get done. And, you know, it's like you wake up in the morning and you have breakfast. Now you may have breakfast at six or you may have it at seven, but you still have breakfast when you, you know, when I go about my days, I'm doing the exact same thing I did before baby. And before we moved out here where there's like very little Wi-Fi, hmm. but it's the exact same thing. It's just at a different pace. And it's also, which has taught me a lot to kind of let go of control. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying earlier, let go of control of how every single thing happens and just let it happen. That's really helped me a lot with storytelling and with organizing shoots with people and giving them a little bit more rain and trusting them. And I don't know, it's helped me kind of loosen my grip a bit. You know, Bob Goff, I believe it's Bob Goff who, you know, always says, you know, to talk and to work with your hands open because when you're gripping and holding on, you can't give or receive. And that's kind of how I felt as I've loosened my grip and such and really beautiful things have I've been able to give and receive from others for it. So my every day is totally different. You know, I do take time in the morning to do morning pages. I do morning pages in the morning and I do some prayer and I have my time so that that is always a constant. And that is, you know, I have my ritual, but as far as, you know, as soon as my daughter's up, every day is a little different and just, just knowing it all is going to get done. It's all going to get done. think people worry way too much about too much about their days. Yes. And you do this incredible thing and we can't do the whole thing on the podcast, even though I wish we could called assured and well. So first, just explain what that is for everyone. It is one of the most powerful exercises I've ever done within my business. And I have been fortunate to do it every year because I get to be with Katie every year. So can you explain what that is to kick us off? And then I just want to run through a few of the questions to get our listeners really thinking about their story, their purpose, their legacy, and what what success truly looks like within their lives. Yeah. So assured and well, (laughs) it's really funny. They say, a lot of people say during your hardest times, the best things will sprout just like growing a garden, the dirtiest of dirt flowers bloom the week before it was either the week before the week during we printed our very first issue of cottage hill. It was the worst week of my life. (laughs) It was so terrible. Oh my gosh. We had every single problem happen. We, it was just, everything went wrong. Like files weren't like quite up to par. I kept missing typos. The printer was being kind of eh. And we had a huge, huge, like life savings cost come up that we didn't expect. We had had such a successful Kickstarter and all of that money had to go to this thing. And it was just a, it was just a crazy mess of a week there. I had a really, I got really sad. A friend was, it was just a bad time. A friend who I had ended our friendship 
and just marriage. I mean, everything that you could imagine going wrong happened on my first launch week. And I was emotional and I was tired and I was trying so hard. And I was just like, God, you gave me this vision. Like, what the heck? This is hard. (laughs) This is trying. I just wanted to make something beautiful to inspire people. And this is really hard. And it was during like some of my multiple breakdowns that week when I had these questions come to my head and come to my mind and kind of check me back as to, okay, am I really pursuing this because I want to serve people or am I just stroking my ego again? Am I just changing out titles from, you know, what I was doing before and just replacing with with publisher because it sounds so special and it was a real reality check for me in my heart. And basically I just thought of, okay, if this fails, if I fall flat on my back and everyone laughs at me and everyone goes, Oh my gosh, did you see Katie? She totally failed. And I lost everything that I've worked for. And this just goes straight to the mud. Am I going to be okay? Is this going to end me? Like, where does this play in my life? And so I was really just trying to figure out, okay, if this does fail and everything goes kaput, am I going to be okay? And it was a reality check for my heart and also a reality check for me to put Cottage Hill in its place. I think sometimes in our business, we build it up to be this huge thing and it's really just a business. I mean, it's a business that can serve and have impact, but it's just a business and you have to, it has to have its place in your heart and in your life, or you can get crazy with ego and crazy with stuff that just doesn't matter. So I came up with these questions for myself and I had this huge notebook and I'm a huge journaler and I always, you know, do morning pages and such. And so I just asked these questions of myself, putting in check this thing I was doing and it really, it changed the game of my business changed the game of my heart. And it really allowed, I believe because of this, it allowed Cottage Hill to flourish like it has and to be received like it has. And basically the idea is think of the things you hold on to the most egotistically in your business, in your brand, the thing that you are, that's most shiny, that you are proud of. What if it were to disappear altogether, totally erased from history, from time? How would you feel about it? And a lot of times when I do this, that's like the first question of the entire experience. It's an entire day. And I met with a lot of different emotions with that experience or with that question and with the entire experience. People go through it and they are just so sad. They're so sad that they have lost this and they kind of imagine mourning their business or some people takes them a little while to admit it, but some people are relieved when they think of mm-hmm. their business disappearing. Some people are angry. Some people are ready to go chase down whoever took it away from them. Some people are ready to build back. It's amazing to see all of the different emotional responses to this. And it's also amazing to see people kind of put the pieces back together at the end of the day. And like the title is so that they leave feeling assured of their direction, whether they need to change directions or stay on the path that they're on and that they also feel well, like they can actually do this and not lose their mind. They, that they can do this and find that, that happy chaos that is balance. So it's, it's been a real pleasure to teach this at different workshops and conferences. And I've done a few locally, but it's just, I get so 
enamored with the wisdom that comes not from me, but from the attendees simply by asking hard questions. Absolutely. And I think it's something that we don't do nearly enough in our businesses. I think that a lot of times we're afraid of what the answers might be. And I remember very specifically the first time I did that exercise with you and you had us imagine, imagine all of your audiences are gone. Imagine your calendar is suddenly empty. Imagine your email is free. And I remember feeling relief. (laughs) And I knew at that point that I needed to make changes that there were things that just weren't serving me anymore. And it was a really big turning point for me in thinking of what can I actually get off of my plate so that I can get back to the things that I want to fight for. And I think so many times in our businesses, we're so enamored by the day-to-day stuff because it makes us feel like we're being productive. It makes us feel efficient. It makes us feel needed. But at the end of the day, if we're not listening to that co-pilot or that co captain Captain and looking at the bigger vision, we're never going to get there because we're so enamored with all the buttons and the whistles and all those shiny things. And <laughs> I think that that exercise is just such a beautiful example of, you know, what are you working towards and, you know, how does it make you feel or what, why are you working towards it? So mm-hmm. is there any other questions that you feel like are the biggest turning points for people during that process? Because you always get me in tears whenever mm-hmm. you do this. And I think that even just to give people a few questions that you ask and let them just think about it after they hit pause or after they finish this episode to really just reflect on the direction that they're heading. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do it right now. I mean, If you're driving, pay attention to the road, but otherwise, (laughs) if you're in your office, you're working out, whatever, just kind of take a moment to stop paying attention to stuff around you and just take a moment. And I want you to think about, you can do this again, Jenna, to think about your business and where you are right now. So I want you to think about like that to-do list, like, oh my gosh, it just doesn't end. Think about your inbox. Think about... Like you said, your calendar, we love our calendars. Think about your social media, the, you know, your Instagram, Snapchat, whatever is like your jam. I want you to think of kind of the state of your business, the state of your brand. And I want you to just kind of take it in as a whole in your mind's eye. And I want you to think about just one aspect. So let's just imagine one thing. Let's imagine, God forbid, that someone hacked into your website and your website is gone. And if you're anything like me, websites are very hard to put together. I want you to imagine like your website is suddenly gone. And then I want you to imagine like this awful hacker got into your Instagram account and all of those followers are gone. Somehow they got in and they deleted your entire account. Like even if you have to close your eyes, like visualize zero next to followers. And then imagine as if something happened and you had to delete your Instagram account altogether. So even your followers, all of the work that you put making a beautiful Instagram, making beautiful captions that inspire people. Imagine all of that work gone. Imagine, like you said, your inbox is gone. Imagine no one this week asks to work with you. Or if everyone that you're working with has to suddenly cancel and not for any reason that you did, but just in general, they just have to for some reason. And slowly and slowly, your calendar starts to empty. I really do want whoever's listening to close your eyes and just imagine an empty calendar. Like 
your iCal, your planner, there's nothing in the boxes or all of your stuff is crossed out. How does that make you feel? We don't talk about our feelings enough and feelings really drive motivation and which ultimately drive our work. How does it feel to not have this stuff that we work really hard for? And then I want you to notice maybe moving on to other social media accounts, maybe imagining like all of these shoots or all of these big projects you have coming up. They're just kind of dissolving from your life. And I want you to imagine this blank space, an empty inbox, and not because you've cleared it, but because no one's emailing, an empty calendar, not because you're on vacation, but because no one's working with you, an empty social media presence, not because you don't enjoy it, but because it's just gone and deleted. Imagining all of this blank space, how does that make you feel? Honestly, how does that make you feel? And with this feeling, I want you to imagine like this terrible, terrible day has happened and you go to bed, you try to sleep and you wake up the next morning. What do you want to do? What do you want to do when you wake up and you have an empty calendar and nobody is emailing you and you have no upcoming projects? What do you want to do with this blank space? It's yours. What do you want to do? And just kind of keeping your mind in that space of what would you do? What would you want to do? Not just what you think you should do, but what do you want to do? What would be fun? What would make you feel good? What would be a relief? What would motivate you? What would you want to do? As you think about what you want to do, I just have a little bitty question. Why? Why do you want to do that? A lot of times the answer from this big question of why tells a lot about the things kind of coming back to reality. It kind of tells a lot about what's going on in your reality that doesn't need to be there anymore or what's going on in your reality that you need to focus more on. Just asking yourself why. And there's a little trick that I have that I share a lot called why times five. I made it up, (laughs) but basically you ask yourself why. So let's say I want to, if I woke up tomorrow and didn't do anything, I would want to watercolor. I'm not really good at watercolor, but it's really fun to me. Okay. So why would I want to watercolor? Well, it's fun to me. Okay. That's great. But why, why water, why watercolor? You could do anything fun. Why watercolor? Well, I haven't done anything that creative outside of my work and that's kind of something different. So that's why. I would want to do it. Okay. So you haven't been doing much outside of your work. That's creative and inspiring. Why haven't you? Well, we recently got Netflix out here. This is a true story. <laughs> and my husband and I have been watching Netflix every night. So maybe we need to stop watching Netflix every night and I need to spend more time. We need to spend more time together doing something creative and fun because I'm craving it. It's a hole in my heart that I don't realize is there. I'm just now realizing is here and I I need to fill it. I need to go talk to him and talk to him about, you know, as excited as we are to have Netflix, less TV time, more creative time, not let that get out of control. Okay. So why is that important? We're on the why number four. Why is that important? Well, because in my bigger picture of life, The legacy I want to leave behind is not how many times I watch Stranger Things, but how I spent time with my husband, how I 
was an artist, how I created things. And there's, there's a time for Netflix and television and entertainment. But right now I think my balance is off. I'm pushing too far to one side and I need to pull on the other and I need this time. Okay. Fifth. Why? Why? I think the last reason why is because it's going to make me feel better and it's going to make me, it's going to make me a better artist. It's going to make me a better editor. Once I find, once I do this thing, I think that's what it is. So your answer as to what you want to do when you wake up the next day and your whys are going to be totally different, but I want to challenge you there after you listen to this or hit pause, I want to challenge you to maybe write this out and really, really, really get to the root of this. And like I said, sometimes like I literally just did that to myself and realized, wow, we have spent too much of our free time doing something that's not as life-giving as I'd like. Maybe for you, you know, you realized you wanted to do something more in your business that you need to give more attention and love to. Maybe, maybe you need a nap, like for real, maybe you do need a nap Mm -hmm. or something restful. So I, as I walk people through this, it just astonishes me how different it is every time for myself, how different it is for each person. And the energy of each person is totally different. Some people may be like fired up and like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And some people may like, seriously, like I need to sleep more. I need to stop for a little bit. It's incredible. It's incredible. And it's so inspiring to me to see that. And I I would love, you know, on whatever format to hear people's responses of what they wanted to do and why would be so interesting to share. Absolutely. I love it. And I think it's really cool because it also pulls us back to what is our motivation? Mm -hmm. Like you want more followers. Well, why? Because you think you'll feel validated. Well, why are you lacking purpose in your life? You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just whenever you start to do those, you usually can get way more down to the root of the actual issue or the actual pleasure that you might be lacking. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing to really challenge yourself. I think, you know, one of the things that I think is so incredible about who you are is the fact that you're not afraid to ask yourself those and you're also not afraid to be honest with your answers. I think a lot of times we can answer things in a way that we like to hear. Uh But what I think is, is real progress isn't going to be made until we actually sit down and get comfortable with that. And you always just challenge me so deeply to do that. And I feel like whenever I leave time with you, I feel renewed. I feel driven towards different things. I also feel like I need to get certain things out of my life. And so, gosh, it's just so powerful. Good. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed it because I know you are already an intentional person. So to hear that is reassuring for me. And also you're absolutely right. You have to be honest, which is why I usually say to not share these answers with anyone because otherwise we get what I call Sunday school answers. And I don't want that. I want you Mm -hmm. to be honest and ugly, like let, let the ugly out so that you can move forward without it. But yeah, to be totally honest. That's where the magic is. And that's, I mean, I mean, I just think about it. This was the worst week ever. Printing the first issue of Cottage Hill, I sat down and was like, I don't want another heart attack. I don't want another one of these episodes. I really do have a pure vision for this. I better get honest if I'm going to do a good job. I better get honest if I'm serious about this. Or it's just another title chasing. It's just, you know, and my biggest fear in life, honestly, is wasted time. And so... Mm-hmm. That's how I overcame it. And, it's, and like I said, it's been powerful to see other people. I've seen people quit their job the day after this. I've seen people like 
one sweet girl is writing a cookbook now. It's amazing. She has twins. I don't know how she's doing it. And, you know, people quit a job. They start a business. They stop a service. They, you know, they start a family. They do all kinds of stuff or they buy a house. I mean, it's insane. Like six months later, I'll get an email from someone and I'm like, holy cow. And it's, and it's crazy because it's not me. It's not, it's not some course. It's not some thing you got to go, you know, be a part of. It's just being honest. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. You can start, all those things are good and helpful, but you can start by just being honest with yourself. It's crazy. It's crazy thought. Absolutely. It is. It is. Oh my goodness, Katie. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes ever. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to rewind and listen to it so many times. Where can everybody keep up with you? I want people to be able to get in touch. And I would love for you to comment on Katie's platforms to let her know kind of what this exercise brought on for you. Because I think there's nothing better in just sharing those results at the end in an honest way, in a sense that we can help hold you accountable. And I feel like when you put Put things out into the universe like that. A lot of times it has a really awesome way of coming back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything Cottage Hill, Cottage Hill Mag, Cottage Hill Mag.com at Cottage Hill Mag. And then I'll be doing more assured and we'll talk later in the year, but you can find me at, at Katie O. Selvage, S-E-L-V-I-D-G-E, pretty much anywhere. And I agree with Jenna. I would love to hear, you know, you don't have to share necessarily your answers, but share what surprises you. I would love to know that. And I think I think a lot of other people would too. Absolutely. And we'll tag all of Katie's accounts in the show notes, which you can access at golddiggerpodcast.com. Katie, I cannot wait to hug you in real life so soon. Thank you so much for giving up your time today to share your heart. And thank you just again for your honesty and your transparency in what you're doing. I think it really empowers and gives other people the permission to do their same. And that is such a beautiful thing. Thanks so much, Jenna. I can't wait to see you too. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, you gold digging dream chaser you.